Hello, I'm Ray with another podcast episode, this time all about the 50s and 60s, the good old days, just a general chat about it all, nothing in particular. I've done school dinners, I've done doctors, nurses, hospitals, dentists, I've done all that. I've done shops, playtime, holidays, picnics, everything like that. As you know, I have various podcast episodes covering the whole lot. So I thought what I'd do this week is just a general feel of the 1950s, the 1960s. A lot of people, have, when they contact me, they say, what was it like back then? What was this like? What was that like? Well, basically, I'm going to ramble on for an hour. Well, it might not be an hour. Do you remember last Sunday's episode was only half an hour because of this cold I've got? I'm still all bunged up, still you don't want to know about that. Still on my antibiotics. Do you know, in the old days, you would have posts in the morning. Now, I remember this before I went to school, before your dad went to work, because mums didn't really work in the 50s. Now, I'm going to get into trouble there, aren't I? Mums did work hard. They did housework, washing, ironing, bringing up kids. They worked hard, cooking, baking, all that stuff. So I'll rephrase that. Before your dad went to work and let your mum get on with the housework, is that sexist? Am I allowed to say that? I mustn't laugh. If I laugh, I cough. So you'd have the postman turn up. Most people got their post before kind of eight in the morning. Then you'd have second post, which was, what, 11, 12-ish, something like that. But previous to that, you also had an afternoon post. So that's three posts in one day. And previous to that, going back to the, what, 30s? I don't know when. 20s, 30s? You had an evening post delivery any time up to about nine o'clock at night. Imagine that. That's incredible, isn't it? Four post deliveries every day. Now, why am I going on about the post? I've no idea. Something just reminded me of it. That's what it was. Weather report. Um, I've got to do the weather report. Dull, wet. Here we go again. Here we go. Dull, wet, windy, miserable, cold, dark. I think that sums up today quite nicely. I should be on TV doing the Met Office forecast. And the weather for this weekend is horrible, miserable, gloom, doom, dreadful, I don't think I'd last long, but it would be an accurate forecast, wouldn't it? I think I mentioned the post because I was just thinking back to those days. I remember Tuesdays and Thursdays waking up and the postman, was it the It must have been the postman. He would bring the dandy and Beano comics. Or was that, would that be a paper boy? Do you have no idea? I did a paper round. Oh, it was awful. So Thursdays, yeah, Tuesdays, Thursdays. I got the Dandy and the Beano comic, and I was still in bed. Mum would bring the comic in to me, different one on each Tuesday, each Thursday, and I'd read the Dandy or the, the Beano, whichever one it was, and she'd be saying, come on, school, come on, get up, you've got to go to school, and I'd be reading my comic. That reminds me, actually, in the comic, someone would say, for example, have you seen Fred? And another chap would say, you know, in the little bubbles where they do the, the text, a chap would say, search me. And I used to think, what, what does that mean? Why search me? Why would you search someone? Is he hiding Fred in his pocket or under his coat? Obviously, at that stage, I didn't realise that was a kind of term meaning, well, I've no idea. Search me. I don't know. That was odd. I never did understand. I suppose I did at some stage. And another thing, the people, the little characters, they'd have their, in their speech bubble, it would say, arf, arf. A-R-F, arf, arf, with an exclamation mark, a screamer. And I used to think, well, what does arf, arf mean? Is that laughing? 
why not put ha ha? Arf, arf. I've, I've still no idea what that means. So answers on a postcard, please. <laughs> Raise rants at protonmail.com. At least I'm able to speak this week. Dreadful it has been. Oh, this cold. Oh, just awful. Still, you don't want to know about the cold. Valerie. Now, do you remember I spoke about Valerie? If you can hear any background noises, it's our tortoise. He's in the other room. He's come out of hibernation. Well, weeks ago, he came out of hibernation. He wants to go in the garden. And he can't because it's very cold out there. It's too cold for him. So he's in his indoor run in the other room, scratching about and moaning and complaining because he wants to go outside. I've told him it's too cold, but he won't listen. Now, Valerie. Valerie asked me, if you remember, how come I had such a, a sort of packed life, everything going on. I knew people and I've got stories to tell about hundreds of thousands of girls and relationships. Everything went on, all these things. And as I explained, it wasn't just me. I wasn't having an extremely busy life. It was just the way things turned out. Now, in a minute, I've got a, a very short story to tell you about a friend of mine, quite interesting. But before we go on to that, oh, by the way, yes, my paper round, it was awful. I was 14 years old, or was I 13? And I earned, no, I was 13 and I earned 14 shillings a week. And it was horrendous. Have to get up at six in the morning, go to the paper shop, which wasn't my local paper shop, it was miles away. So I'm on my bike at six in the morning, winter as well, bear in mind, not just summer. You have to go through all the papers, mark up which ones are going to which addresses. I did all that as well. Load up my paper bag, put it on my shoulder, get on my bike and cycle around not just the local roads, but all around the place. I had to do a block of flats, which was, well, a good mile away from the paper shop and at least, what, two miles away from my house. So it was awful. And at the end of the week, oh, there's your 14 shillings. Oh, thank you very much. Should be 14 shillings a day. Anyway, that's enough of paper rounds. I hated it. I just hated the whole thing. And then I had to join the life, was it the life boys? Another, good grief, another total disaster. My mother thought I should join the life boys. Why the life boys? I'd rather rather go into the girl guides, be more interesting. No, no, I mean the scouts. Of course, you can't say that now. Had I identified as a girl, I could have joined the girl guides. That would, I mustn't laugh, I cough. That would have been fun. Imagine that. <laughs> no, don't imagine that. would be awful. The scouts would have been okay, but oh, no, no. I had to join the Life Boys. And people thought it was a bar of soap. Do you remember Life Boys soap? I remember kids at school laughing at me. Oh, look, here comes that bar of soap. It was awful. We had to, there was this big, no, I must, I'll be careful what I say. There was this very large lady, <laughs> huge large lady, used to sit at the piano bashing out this marching tune and we all had to march around this hall back of the church, like a little church hall. And I just hated the whole thing. I didn't see the point. Every, whatever it was, every Monday night, six o'clock, we had to go there and we did the marching and then I don't know what, we, I don't know what else we did. I can't remember. Anyway, I gave that up. I used to say to my mum, I'm off to Life Boys now, put my uniform on, go down to my friend's house down the road where I had some spare clothes, change out of my uniform into the spare clothes, go over the building site or the woods, mess about climbing trees for an hour and a half, two hours, back to his place, uniform back on and then home. Trouble is they contacted my parents, these Life Boy people. They said, oh, shame we haven't seen Ray for a few weeks. Has he left? <laughs> Has he left? Oh, no, don't laugh. Has he left? 
Yeah, he had left. He'd cleared off over the woods with his mates. That reminds me of the ballet mothers. Do you, have you ever, have you ever taken your daughter to ballet? You know, when she's kind of, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, whatever they do, ballet lessons. I've done that. Stoner crows. The ballet mothers. Do you know about, some of you will be saying, oh, I know, I know. Ballet mothers. They all take their little precious daughters there and their daughter is better than anyone else's daughter and all this. Ugh, I used to have to take, oh, I won't go into all that. But it was a nightmare. There was me, the only male there, and all these ballet mother women. I mean, some of them were quite nice, but, well, to look at, but they weren't quite nice as people. They were dreadful people. And when we had the, the kind of main thing of the local theatre, where all these little precious dancers did their thing, backstage was an absolute nightmare. It, there's arguing, there's bitching going on and squabbling, and oh, I was glad to get out of that. I just said, to, I'm not doing it to my wife. I said, I'm not doing that anymore. Forget that, you can do that. I don't know why I did it anyway. I think it was the timing clashed with something else. So I would do the drop off and the pick up and the, all oh, the bits and pieces. Anyway, yeah, ballet, I don't know which is worse, ballet or being a life boy. I was quite happy pulling old radios to bits, building bits of radio and electronic stuff, going over the woods and having fun. I didn't want to be a life boy marching around to this large lady on her piano. There was some other little lady there. Anyway, that's enough of that. We don't hear all about that rubbish. So going back to Valerie. Now, there was a chap I knew. Now, see, it's not all me, Valerie. There are other people that have got stories to tell. I'm going to tell this story for Rob and his girlfriend, Gail. Now, Rob and Gail, they've been going out, I don't know, a year or so. They were sort of part of our gang and they were okay. And we're in the pub one night and Gail said, oh, Rob, by the way, could you do me a favour this Saturday evening? She said, could you take my sister out? And he said, yes, where, where are we all going? She said, no, no, just you and my sister. Now, this Gail had a younger sister. The younger sister would be 18. Gail was, what, 20? So Rob said, uh, hang on, I'm not with you. What do you mean take her out? What, what's happening? What it was, this younger sister had been invited to some, I don't know, banquet or whatever it was. I, I can't remember what it was. And it was couples only. And she had no one to go with. So Gail thought it would be an idea if her boyfriend, Rob, could take her younger sister just for this one evening to this banquet thing. I must admit, I thought it a bit odd, you know, saying, can you take out my younger sister for the evening? A bit risky. Mind you, Rob was OK. A bit, a bit risky if it was me. Had she asked me, it would have been very risky. <laughs> oh, I mustn't laugh. Don't laugh. That reminds me, there were some clubs back then, nightclubs, that would only allow couples in. The idea was they didn't want half a dozen lads turning up just sort of on the lookout for girls, all pile into the club, then you end up, the males outnumber the girls by kind of three to one or something, which was very often the case in these clubs. You get all the lads going out on the lookout for girls and they outnumbered the girls. So it was all, the whole balance was out. I think that was the idea of it. So what we used to do, we'd go in in, in pairs, like a, a friend and myself, we'd hang around outside the club or just down the road a bit You'd see a couple of girls coming along and you'd say, are you going to the club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, we'll all go in together. The four of us, two couples. Sometimes girls would approach us if we we're hanging around down the road a bit. Can you take us into the club? Is that where you go? Yeah, 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 no problem. 
obviously the, the people running the club knew what was going on, but they weren't bothered because you were getting equal numbers of male and female going into the club. And they could hardly start saying, are you two together? You know, you, you're going together. Are you together? Are you sure you're together? They couldn't start doing that. Fortunately, not all clubs did that. Most of the clubs were just do what you like, male or female numbers didn't matter. And the girls were like wallflowers. We called them wallflowers because they all stood round the wall, lining the walls of the place like wallflowers do. And you'd look at them and you'd think, oh, I don't know, which one do I want? Isn't it awful looking back? Us lads would stand there. What do you think? Well, I don't know. What that, that one there? Is she? No, no, you could have her. I don't want that one. I'm going to go for that one over there. Look, that blonde one. And of course, nine times out of ten, I mustn't laugh, nine times out of ten, I go over and, you know, do you want to dance? No. Oh, okay. Go back to the lads. I've changed my mind about that blonde one. No, you didn't. She told you where to go. (laughs) Happy days. I do hope the youngsters these days have as much fun as us youngsters in my day, because it really was fantastic. At work, we'd all be talking about where we're going this Friday or this weekend. It really was something to look forward to. It's fantastic. So going back to Rob and Gail... Rob took the younger sister out, I forget her name, took the younger sister out and he had a great time. Next time I saw him, he was ranting and raving. Oh, it was fantastic. I've never been to such a thing. I'm not sure. Was it medieval? Anyway, it was brilliant. He absolutely loved it. And he got on really well from what he was saying with this younger sister. Now, I thought that, look, Gary, as Gary, sorry, I'm talking to Gary. Gary, will you calm down as the tortoise is trying to escape? I'll go and give him some dandelions in a minute. That normally keeps him quiet. Now, I bumped into him probably in the pub a few days later. And he said, I'm going out. I forget the sister's name. I'm going out with the sister again. And I said, well, what's the matter with Gail arranging these things for you you to go out with with her sister? What's going on? He said, no, no, Gail doesn't know. Aha. I thought, aha, here we go. Something's a foot. Something's a leg. What's going on here? And I said to him, what are you up to? And he said, no, 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 it's not like that at all. Gail feels sorry for her. That's why she wanted me to go to the banquet thing with her. He said, no, I feel sorry for her. She hasn't got a boyfriend. She wants to go, I forget where it was, wants to go wherever it was. No one to accompany her. So I said, what, so you're not going to tell Gail? You're going to sneak off out with her sister and not tell her? And he said, well, I wouldn't say it's sneaking off and all this. I remember him laughing. He said, no, 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 not sneaking off exactly. Well, what then? Hiding. Well, no, exactly hiding. We had a bit of a laugh about it. But the thing is, he started seeing the sister on a regular basis. I've just checked Gary the tortoise. He's having some lunch, so he's calmed down for a minute. Now, one evening, Gail came into the pub. So I just said, you know, hi, Gail, how are you doing? She said, oh, I'm fine. Rob's off out with a, a friend from work this evening. I just thought, well done, Rob, lie number one. Then she went on to say that uh, he often pops out with this chap from work. I thought, yeah, I bet he does. I was tempted to say, I bet that coincides with the nights your little sister goes out. But I didn't, of course. But uh, I, I felt a bit orcs. Isn't that awful? My granddaughter says that, orcs. I felt a bit awkward about the whole thing. But Gail seemed all right. She suspected nothing. But of course, these things end, don't they? They end these eternal triangles or whatever. What are they called? Yeah, I don't know, love triangles. They end normally in tears. Someone ends up in tears. See, Valerie, it's not just me that has these (laughs) stories to, don't laugh, to tell. 
it's not just me. There are other people. In fact, I thinking about it, I know quite a few people that I could tell you some stories about. I know one that's pretty, well, a bit naughty, actually, pretty naughty, to say the least. I might save that for another time. No, I can't tell you that. I might, I might give you an edited version of that at some stage in the future. So Gail joined, who was I with? I was with a couple of other lads and a, another girl, I think. She joined us and we spent the evening in the pub. And then going home time, she said, uh, she said, you walk, don't you? And I said, yes, I, I live up the road. She said, well, I'll, I'll walk with you if that's all right. Yep, fine. So I walked her home. And I must admit, I did feel sorry for her. She was lovely. I mean, she was a bit daft to say, can you take out my younger sister? I suppose she was trusting. That's the trouble. People trust other people. and It's not a good idea. Well, not always. Anyway, Gary's off again. So Rob started seeing this younger sister, well, he already had, regularly, more and more. It all came out in the wash. I don't know why things come out in the wash, but it all came out in the wash. One evening, when Rob brought the younger sister into the pub, you know, our local pub where we all met, he came in with her, sat down at the table with us lot, course Gail walked in oh she said what are you doing what's going on well you're with my sister and she looked confused a mixture of confusion and anger and what's going on I just looked the other way pretending I hadn't noticed anything a couple of the other lads walked off to the bar pretending they, they needed another drink well they probably did anyway that was it big explosion it all went oh dear stone the crows I'll go to the foot of our stairs as the old granddads used to say. So that was that. But the funny thing is, Rob and the younger sister, Brenda, I've just remembered Brenda, Rob and Brenda, they ended up married. Gail was happy with it all. She found someone else and they ended up married. And, you know, they did the usual 2.4 kids, blah, blah, blah. So there we are. It wasn't all doom and gloom. And Valerie, it's not just me that did all these dodgy things. Now, talking of dodgy things... Girls' grammar schools back in the old days. I didn't know any girls from the local grammar school, which was probably just as well. I only knew girls from the secondary modern. That's right, they were secondary modern schools. I went to a secondary modern school for boys. Just down the road was the secondary modern school for girls. I mixed with them. The grammar school, in fact, I don't even know where the grammar school was. Oh, yes, I do. Fair distance. I think they kept the grammar school well away from the boys' secondary modern school. Probably, with hindsight, that's probably a good idea, actually. Now, I was talking to a friend the other day. Actually, it was a friend of uh, Trish, my wife. And I was mentioning the, the podcast episodes, and she said about her school days, I went to a grammar school, an all-girls grammar school. And we got chatting about it, and it was quite interesting. I made a few notes that I'm looking through here. Basically, there was the 11-plus that I failed. It's an exam you take when you're 11 years old, hence the giveaway, you know, 11 plus. I failed that. Now, the thing is, most kids, they didn't know they were taking the 11 plus exam. They just thought it was another test. Now, if I remember rightly, there was an English paper, uh, maths. Uh, I think I have to do an essay or something like that. And um, I think a chat as well. Was I think we had to have a chat with the teacher about something. Now, grammar schools... They took children from you know, a variety of backgrounds. Some were well off, some were poor, or just a mixture, which was a good thing. It was basically down to their kind of, is it, is it academia? Is that a word? I don't know. How clever they were, I suppose. Now, this friend of ours, she was saying that at her grammar school, 
there was this rigid route. They were very strict, rigid routine. You got the school assembly, all the girls lining up in the main school hall. And you got the, the older classes at the back, the younger ones at the front, teachers all on the stage. And they wore, apparently they wore black university gowns. I, I didn't know that. This is a grammar school, not university. It's just a grammar school. From what this friend of ours was saying, it sounds more like a, a Swiss finishing school for girls. But anyway, the, the head teacher would address the school, then they'd be singing and things like that. The, apparently the school uniforms, I remember my mum saying that it was expensive, buying blazer, trousers, things like that. But these girls, I've written it down here, there was a hat, perhaps a straw boater or whatever, coat, scarf, satchel, gym slip, school skirt, Blouse, tie, cardigan, summer dress with socks, shoes. It just went on and on. So it was hugely expensive. If you didn't have much money and your daughter got into the grammar school, she went and passed the 11 plus when you told her not to because you can't afford it. I don't know what you meant to do. Classroom. Uh, what was it she was saying? They were really strict in the classroom. When a teacher walked in, all the girls stood up to show their respect. You can imagine that doing that now. The kids all standing up when the teacher walks in. Oh, good grief. How things have changed. Another thing that surprised me, she said, any girls were, if the handwriting wasn't too good, like mine, for example, illegible. <laughs> what they did, they gave the girls handwriting, uh, sort of coaching in the lunch hour. And they had to write things and, you know, essays or whatever in their lunch hour to improve their handwriting. Also, apparently they were given elocution lessons. Just in case they don't talk proper like what I does, they were learnt proper to speak, innit? Know what I mean? So they had to have elocution lessons, don't you know? So they would actually speak properly when they left school. What, what? Now, this is the bit that surprised me. The grammar school... Now, this is according to this friend of mine. I'm just the messenger. The grammar school was not just to educate these girls to go on to university or onto a, a Swiss finishing school or whatever. They were trained to become... Uh, wives of middle-class uh, gentlemen, bank managers, doctors, dentists, or dentists, yes, solicitors, you know, um, what, what do they call them, blue-collar people or whatever they are, lawyers, accountants, architects. So giving them a decent education, it would enable them to perhaps entertain their husband's colleagues um, with intelligent conversation when they held a dinner party at home. They were told how to arrange dinner parties in domestic science, how to iron a man's shirts. It was all geared to preparing. Do you remember in the past I've said the boys' school, the ordinary state boys' school, churned out factory workers. The state girls' school, the secondary modern, churned out housewives and baby machines. That's all the girls were. These grammar school girls, I, I've never looked into this. It's quite interesting. They were trained, if you like, programmed to become the wives of these middle class or even upper class gentlemen. Quite fascinating, isn't it, when you think about it? Well, I said uh, wearing university gowns. That's not the girls. The teachers up on the stage wore the university gowns. Apparently they did a lot of PE, hockey, netball, um, what else, in the gym, stuff like that. I just made a few notes here because this friend of ours was telling me so much about it. I should have recorded it, actually. I did say to her, would you like to come live on the podcast? I said, I'll kind of interview you live. Oh, no, 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 I'm not doing that. So there we are. 
perhaps her grammar school education wasn't quite good enough. She should have been good to come onto the podcast. Oh, there we are. I would like to interview someone one of these days, someone elderly that remembers the early days. It would be quite interesting to chat to someone, especially someone that went through the war. That might be interesting. So, yes, the girls, all the teachers apparently were women. At the school, it was just all women, all girl, all females. There were no males in sight anywhere near the school. Well, there would have been had I got in there. But anyway, that's another story. No, seriously. Actually, we've got Rodine School. Who's heard of Rodine School? Just uh, past Brighton. Very, very expensive, posh school. I won't say too much about that in case I get arrested. But Rodine is only down the road. What is it from me, 12 miles away? Now, many of the girls that left the school, apparently um, they thought themselves prepared for life, whatever that might be, possibly even into politics or, or whatever. They were prepared for that sort of thing. They wouldn't embarrass their husbands at a, a dinner party by saying something stupid, like I would. <laughs> they, they were taught to, to have conversation, to have intelligent conversation, a, a little bit like a, a Swiss finishing school, really. Taught how to walk, how to sit, how to sit like a lady. All good fun. I just wish I'd known one or two girls from our local grammar school, but there we are. Probably just as well I didn't. Now, this might surprise some of the youngsters listening to this, but back in the 50s, recycling was quite a thing. It's not something new. You, people tend to think, oh, all this recycling is a new thing. We've got our recycle bin where you put tins and bottles, paper, whatever. This goes back to the 50s. The milkman would do his deliveries to each house with his electric milk float. OK, no petrol or diesel. It was electric charged up at the depot every night. Milk came in glass bottles with a little tin foil lids and it would be then washed, returned to the milk and he'd collect the empties, take them back to the place where they'd be washed properly or hygienically washed and then used again. I remember collecting milk bottle tops, the little foil type tops and sending them off to the Blue Peter appeal. Um, that was in the early 60s, I think. Was it guide dogs? I can't remember. But we used to collect milk bottle tops. I was a little bit older. What was I in 64? I was 12. Yeah, but I think my younger brothers and sisters, they did mainly the collecting. Then there was the fizzy drinks man. He'd come round, the Corona lorry, with his fizzy drinks. There was cherryade, limeade, lemonade. Uh, I don't know, was there Tizer? No, Corona didn't do Tizer. Whole lorry full of fizzy drinks. Of course, he'd park his lorry in the road. All the kids would rush out. Mum, mum, the corona man's here. She'd have to come out with her money and give the chap a, a load of dosh for all our fizzy drinks. Bad for our teeth, bad for her purse, but it worked. And what we did, wash out the bottles. Next time the corona man came round, give him the empties and he'd give you money. They should have given us money for the milk bottles that we returned. Oh, well, that would have been an idea, wouldn't it? But they'd give us money, so it was recycled. So this is new. Old newspapers were used. Uh, chip shops, fish and chip shop used them to sell their fish and chips in. They'd have a whole stack of used newspapers on the counter and roll up your fish and chips. Of course, then people said, oh, well, you get all the, the ink, the printing ink all over your fish and chips. Well, that didn't bother anyone. Or if people had read the paper with their hands, they got germs on it. Well, that's right. That didn't kill anyone. 
That's probably why most of us kids were healthy. We weren't overweight. We were healthy. Oh, yeah, we had things like... We had things like TB, polio, diphtheria. No, seriously, all that lot didn't come from germs on the newspaper from the chip shop, did it? That came from other places. So I think in the main, we were pretty healthy. We got colds. I've got a cold now. I think we were clean, hygienic. You know, we'd wash. Well, we were forced to wash. We had to have a bath once a week. Every Sunday night, we had to have a bath. The rest of the week, we just got a bit, uh, how can I put it? Well, a bit uh, unwashed. But they were good days. And there was the old rag and bone man. He used to collect... What did he collect? I, f I never did know why he collected bones, why it was rag and bones. I think the rags, what was meant by that wasn't dirty old oily rags, it was old clothes. Because if it was a woolen jumper, you'd, they would unravel it, take it all apart and then roll up the wool and you could knit something else. Actually, I think the bones were collected. Didn't they make glue out of bones at the, at the glue factory? I can't remember. Something dreadful like that. They collected old bones. But it was a lot of recycling then. Bread was wrapped in tissue paper. Do you remember that? They'd on the counter, they'd have a whole pile of sheets of tissue paper. Roll up your loaf in it. Perhaps put that into a paper bag. You go to the butchers, the meat was wrapped in a paper bag. Then there were deliveries made by the grocer boy or the butcher's boy on his bike with a huge basket on the front of the bike. Do you remember those? Don't see those around anymore. So again, there was no diesel or petrol involved, just the boy on his bike, which kept him fit, of course, and it was cheap and it was clean. Food was very different then. We didn't have out-of-season food like we do now. I mean, these days, if you want strawberries at Christmas, you get strawberries at Christmas. Back then, you didn't have strawberries in the winter. They just weren't available. They didn't exist. And I think there is some talk actually about going back to that because if you go to the supermarket have a look on the the packets of whatever runner beans or broad beans or whatever they, they come from egypt carrots come from kenya you know why can't why kenya i mean what is thousands of miles away why do that stuff comes from brazil argentina stuff that we can grow ourselves well we used to grow ourselves i've never understood that you look at the supermarket was it say country of origin, doesn't it, I believe? So you pick up a lettuce or something. Country of origin, Egypt. Why Egypt? Things like bananas, fair enough. We can't grow bananas in Britain. We just haven't got the climate for it. So they have to come from abroad. But when you think if you're bringing, I don't know, carrots, tomatoes, cucumbers, whatever, from way down in Africa somewhere, think of the diesel that you need. Either the lorry or an aeroplane or a ship. All the pollution from, oh, I don't know, why not grow it here? My mum was moaning the other day, can't buy a British Cox's apple. They don't do them anymore. Why? Why don't we grow apples? We used to have brilliant apples here, Bramley apples, Cox's apples, brilliant. According to my mum, so don't blame me if it's wrong, you can't get them anymore. Can't buy celery soup either, which has annoyed me. I like celery soup. Trish makes our own celery soup, though, so that's OK. My voice is beginning to go, as you can probably tell. I don't know that I'll be able to do the hour again today, but I will try. Now, what else was I going to mention? Yes, food back then. We didn't, I mean, there wasn't frozen food. There wasn't frozen food sold in shops until the 60s, I believe. People started to get a fridge in the 50s. I remember we had an old Electrolux fridge 
standing on four cast iron legs, big old thing, huge chrome handle on the front. This is the 50s with an ice box. Yes, it did have an ice box where you could keep ice cream or make ice cubes, but there was no frozen food back then, which of course changed everything, didn't it? Frozen food really did change everything. Monday was wash day, and it wasn't just a case of chucking the clothes in the machine, bit of soap powder and press the button. No, it was it was hard work. I mean, it took my mum, there were six of us in our family, it took her all day. Monday was wash day, literally wash day all day. She had the old, initially she had an old single tub washing machine with a mangle on the top where you squeeze out the water between two rollers. Honestly, I bet the youngsters out there are thinking, when were you born? What was it, 1854? Now I'm going back to the 1950s, which I was going to say it's not that long ago. Actually, it is long ago, isn't it? Good grief. It is a long time ago. She then progressed to a twin tub washing machine, a Hoovermatic. I remember that. A Hoovermatic, a washer and a spinner. So you haul the clothes out of the washing side, lump them all into the spin dryer, which was all off balance and would all go mental when you turned it on. Pump all this water. Or what it did was it pumped the water back into the wash tub for the next load. When you finished, you put the hose over the sink and pump it all into the sink. Of course, you're then left with all this wet washing. And the spin dryers weren't that good, to be honest. The mangles were pretty hopeless. So they've got to go out on the washing line. Or, if it's the winter, the clothes horse in front of the fire. There weren't radiators in every room. Central heating to hang them on. You had a clothes horse in front of the fire. Of course, nappies, if you had a baby, nappies were the old, what were they, terrelene? Terry nappies, they were called, weren't they? I remember those all hanging all around the place. Oh, dear. Hanging all around the kitchen, hanging in front of the fire. Nappies everywhere. And do you know how the nappies were washed? before they'd all hung round the place. No, not in the washing machine, because they were, well, I'll go into detail, but you can imagine. So what did you do? How did they wash nappies? A big saucepan, a huge pot, on the cooker, on the stove, and it's boiling away. Blah, 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 blah. Boiling filthy nappies. Can you imagine what the house smelt like? Oh, no wonder I'm fussy with food, and I don't, I don't like dirty things in kitchens. Dirty nappies boiling on the cooker in the kitchen oh for hours on end well not hours on end oh don't it's just enough to put let's change the subject let's what else happened in the 50s there must have been something nice lots of nice things happened horrible things were boiling nappies on the cooker going to school I mean that was just whoever liked school some people liked school I don't understand they, they need therapy if anyone liked school there's something wrong with them school was torture it really was it was child abuse the whole thing my first day at school, I remember I was five. We used to start at five in those days. Of course, there wasn't nursery school, uh, preschool, or I don't know what they call it now. They keep changing. Why do they change the names of things? It used to be kindergarten, didn't it? Kindergarten. Can't pronounce it properly. I've got a cold as my excuse. I did go to a kind of nursery school where they forced me to drink warm milk out of those third of a pint bottles. Do you remember those? Margaret Thatcher finished that, didn't she? Was it Thatcher the milk catcher, they called her, because she ended free school milk, which was a bad thing. You know, that's very often with the, the kids that came from the, the poorer families, that third of a pint of milk a day, it, calcium and whatever was in it, they needed that. And of course, she stopped it. 
But uh, I, I didn't need it. It was disgusting. I don't mind cold. Milk has got to be really cold for me, like fridge or less, even lower temperature, not ice, but really cold. I cannot drink warm milk. And my grandmother, oh, she used to make Nescaf coffee, you know, in a tin. You put a spoonful of this coffee in your cup and then she'd boil milk on the cooker in this sauce and boil it and then pour it in the cup and there'd be skin on the milk. Oh, and then skin, if you left the coffee for a minute in its cup, there'd be skin on top and she used to eat it, drink it. And the whole place, there is nothing worse in the world than the smell of boiling milk. It really is vile. It should be, it should be illegal. Actually, I think they should make it illegal to boil milk. It's, how do you pronounce that? Kindergarten. Susan will know. Susan, you live in Germany. You tell me how to pronounce. I don't know. I call it nursery school or preschool. Yeah, I went to Auntie Molly's. She was all right. She did childminding. Of course, back in those days, there was no, what is it, CPR checks? What do they call them? Well, they check up on people before they're allowed to look after kids. There were no checks. No one went to the house. There was no health and safety. You know, anyone could look after anyone else's children, no matter what age. I remember my sister being in the pram. What was she, two years younger than me? So when I was four, no, I mean, she was in the pram at this kindergarten place. She was about 18 months old, just dumped in the pram at this place. Well, when I say dumped, I mean wheeled in there and left by my mum. I mean, that's child abuse, surely. These days, if you want to be a childminder, you have all sorts of checks, which is a good thing, I suppose. You you don't want to leave your kids with, with any old person. And of course, also, you'd see a pram. Well, what were we watching? We were watching an old film the other day, a 50s film. Oh, one of the carry-on films. And they were driving along a road, and there were prams parked out the front of the house, in the garden, by the front door. And that's what you would do with your baby. You put the baby in the pram, it's going to sleep, so you bung it out the front in the sunshine to keep warm, in the pram. And, I mean, people walked off with them. They Well, not all the time, of course they didn't, but people didn't seem to worry that someone might walk off with your baby. That has happened, hasn't it? People have left the pram outside the shop, they pop in there for two minutes, come back, pram and baby have gone. It does happen. Also, uh, some babies were suffocated. Dreadful. A cat had jumped up onto the pram and thought, oh, look, this baby's nice and warm. Settled down on its head, the baby's asleep, and it suffocates. So they then had those big nets, didn't they, that they put over the, the pram. You put the hood up and have this big net coming down so a cat or anything else couldn't get in there. But I remember as a kid walking along the street, you'd see prams outside, not in the road, in, you know, in the front garden, outside the front door. Sometimes the front door would be open, so if the baby cries, the, the mum could hear it. But again, how very different things were. Amazing when you just think back. This is why I like doing the podcasts. I love going back. I love thinking back to those times. Things suddenly come to mind. Oh, I remember this and I remember that. The ice cream man, the old bells going on his van. Mum, the ice cream man's here. Get your purse out. You've got to waste more money on us kids. Brilliant. I've got so engrossed in talking to you that I've just realised I've got half a cup of tea there. It's gone cold. I'd better make some more in a minute. So how are we doing? 40 minutes. Right, I'll try and plod on for a little bit longer, as long as you're not finding it too boring. Do you remember reins? Kids used to have reins on them. I remember, the furthest back I can remember is two years old. 
I was in this lady's garden next door where we lived. Well, it was over the road, actually. And I was cutting her grass. I had some toy shears. And I was cutting her grass, talking to her. Obviously, just not cutting the whole lawn. I was just playing. And she said, oh, it's your birthday today, isn't it? And I said, yes. And she said, how old are you? And I said, two. I remember that. I remember my second birthday. That's good, isn't it? I can't remember before that. Isn't it a shame? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just as well. But isn't it a shame we can't remember back to perhaps six months old, perhaps two months in the womb? I don't know. How interesting, how fascinating that would be. But that's my earliest recollection. I can't, I've tried to think back before the age of two, my second birthday, and I can't. It's just blank. I can't think of anything. My mum said that once I was hiding behind the runner beans because everyone grew vegetables back then, didn't they, in the garden. She said, I was hiding behind the runner beans. She was looking for me. Ray, where are you? She found me behind this row of runner beans, sitting on a, my toy beach bucket, having a poo. As you do, you know, I was just pooing in the bucket. Now, I don't know how old I was then. She reckons I was about two. But I clearly remember that because she said, you do not poo in the bucket. We've got the toilet. Anyway, we'll, we'll move off that. But uh, there we are. I just couldn't be bothered. A bit like now when I'm down the garden, I don't need to come in. No, no, no. Okay. Now, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, reins. Do you remember the kids wore reins? I remember my reins. They were like, a. they went round your, your chest and you, you, you were like on a lead, like a dog, really. Like, well, not like a dog, no. And they were, you know, for walking along in the street. Because kids have the tendency to kind of look over the other side of the road, see something, a dog or a cat or a friend, and dash across the road and get run over. Not a good idea. So they had these reins. I think they're still around these days. And I do remember wearing those. So I couldn't, I was trying to forge ahead, trying to steam ahead. I wanted to get down there to see whatever. And I couldn't because my mum had got a tight grip on the reins. I do remember that. Yeah, it would be fascinating, wouldn't it, to think back if you could remember being in the womb. I don't know. That would be probably be a bit scary, actually. Yeah, I'm not sure that's probably a good idea. But who can think back? Anyone remember when they were younger than two? Email me, raiserants at protonmail.com. My voice is getting rough. I'm going to sound like Rod Stewart in a minute. Well. Oh. My voice is getting rough. Yes, email me if you can, any memories from earlier than two years old. That'd be very interesting. Gary the tortoise seems to have settled down. He doesn't like being indoors, but it's too cold outside for him. But when I say he doesn't like being indoors, he pretends he doesn't like it. He's perfectly happy, really. He's got his lamp there. He's got his food. He's got his bedroom box, that we call it his bedroom box, full of straw and hay and stuff. I mean, he's spoilt. He's doing very well. The rabbits are getting old. I forget how old they are, but they're getting on a bit now. Trish is not going to be happy when they go, and they will at some stage. Woody, he's the older one. He spends most of his time now just sleeping. He used to hop around and leap about a few years ago, but these days he just just sits there sleeping, especially if the sun's out. He'll just sleep all day, as well as all night. They're supposed to be half nocturnal, aren't they? But I think they sleep all night. And Hetty, she's slightly younger than Woody, but she's changed a lot in the last year or so. She doesn't move around too much. When they've gone, bless them, we're not going to have any more. They've got half the garden. They've got a 14-foot brick-built hutch. They've got an indoor, well, indoor, a covered run. 
a huge outside run and then they've got half the lawn which is fenced off so they've got acres of land well a few square yards anyway can you say yards or is it meters these days i still get confused oh what about this swimming no we don't want to get into that do we a man swimming saying he's a lady and he's swimming and he's winning isn't he and the ladies don't like it i don't know what's happening there I've often thought when I hear these things on the telly or read about them online, I think go back to the 50s. So you've got a, a ladies swimming event. OK, they're all lined up at the pool and there's a man there saying, I'm a lady. And he dives in and he wins the race because he's bigger than them and stronger than them. And what would people say? They'd say, well, hang on a minute. This is a, a ladies thing event. You, you can't compete with them. You can't do that. For those out there who, I mean, some of you might have transitioned, is it? I do understand that. I do. I've got a friend, actually. He always felt he was in the wrong body. And he's told me from very, very early age, he felt he, he was in the wrong body. He didn't want to be a, a boy. He wanted to be a girl. And he did all the changes. And it's worked for him. It's worked for her, I should say. Sorry, it's worked for her. Perfect. No problems at all. But what he doesn't do, he doesn't go around shouting about it. He's just quiet. He doesn't tell everyone. He doesn't wear a placard saying, I've done this, I've done that. I think that's the trouble when you get a, a minority, which there's nothing wrong with. If someone wants to change sex or whatever, it is, that's fine. You do what you like. It doesn't affect me. I think it's when the, they start going on about it and it does affect people that I don't know. How did I get onto that subject? I don't normally get involved in that sort of thing. But uh, I think because Boris, oh, Boris, bless him, he was on the telly saying that um, it? it doesn't make sense to him or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, someone's been banned from a cycle race. Wasn't it a chap that is now a girl has been banned from a cycle race, I think. I, to be honest, I don't watch the news so much anymore. I used to. I used to be a bit of a, a news addict, you know, news hungry all the time. I don't anymore. I can't be bothered with it. It's... There's so much nonsense and I just get lost, completely lost. So there we are. I think I'll end it here because my tea's gone cold. This is good. Look, look, doom and gloom, my tea's gone cold. I think Gary's gone to sleep at last. It's quiet in there, so that's good. And my voice, I've got a sore throat. My voice is all croaky, so I might end it. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make a cup of tea and then come back into my posh high-tech recording studio. Sorry, the spare room. Oh dear, I just had to edit a load of coughing out. Then I had a coughing fit. It's because I laughed. Right, what was I? now I don't know what I'm doing. I'm making a cup of tea. See you in a minute. I've made my tea. I've checked the rabbits. They're asleep. I've checked the tortoise. Gary is asleep. Trisha's downtown with her friends out for lunch. The house is quiet. Everyone's asleep or out. There's only me making a noise. And I'm about to stop that because I'm going to say goodbye to you in a minute. Do you remember in the 50s or 60s, the adverts for the Swan Kettle. Now, what was their kind of slogan? It boils three pints of water in 90 seconds, was it? Or two minutes? I can't remember. But we've just bought a new kettle. We had one of these cup type things. You put your cup under it and it does a cup full. We had three altogether. The lids fell off. They kept going wrong. So we've now bought this big thing. Tea urn. Do you remember that? Ernie White. Tea urn. Do you want tea urn? <laughs> It's like a tea urn. Well, no, it's not. It'll do one cup at a time or a whole jug of, of hot water if you want. You hold the button down and it's really good. You just leave it on all the time. It keeps the water warm. 
Apparently it doesn't use a lot of electricity. I've got to check that out actually. But it's really good. It's well worth the money. What was it, about 80 quid or 70? I can't remember. But it's really good. It's just there. Whenever you want to make a cup of tea or coffee, put the tea bag in the cup, press the button and off you go. Bob's your uncle. Of course, in the old days, we didn't have tea bags. You had a proper teapot. Who remembers a proper teapot with a cosy? A woolen, you knit your own cosy. Grandma would knit that for you. Put it over the teapot to keep warm. Oh, Gary's woken up now. Goodness me. I went and spoke too soon. Yeah, teapot. And with proper tea in it, you'd spoon tea into it. What was it? You put in one spoonful per person and one for the pot or something. And you'd have the tea on a tea tray. These days, it's a, a, a mug. It's not even a proper cup, is it? It's a mug. Chuck a tea bag in it. Press a button. Fill it with water. Slop a bit of milk in the top. <laughs> That's the way I make tea anyway. Slop it all over the place, then blame the milk. I was going to say the milk jug. Don't have milk jugs anymore, do we? Where's where's all this stuff gone? Where's the toast rack gone on the breakfast table? Where are the, the napkin rings on the breakfast table, the, the dinner table? Where's the butter dish gone? It's just, I don't know, it's all gone. The butter comes in the plastic thing it was poured into when it was made and it stays there. The milk comes in the plastic milk bottle and it stays there. You used to have the gravy boats, didn't you? Then a little thing, uh, a thing of cream that you'd pour on. It's all gone. I don't know what's happened. I don't think it's a good thing, personally. I I like the old days. I like saying that to the youngsters. Oh, you just want to live in the past. I don't want to. Yes, I do want to live in the past, I'll be honest. Proper cup of tea with proper tea and a proper teapot with a proper tea cosy with proper milk jug, (laughs) and the sugar was in the sugar bowl. I don't have sugar anymore, but it was in the sugar bowl, wasn't it? Now it's just out of the the paper packet. Stoner crows, I don't know. There we are, that's progress for you. We've moved on. I shall say goodbye now, I won't bore you anymore. Where's my notes? There they are. I think I've crossed everything off. Look after yourselves. Stay positive. Don't moan like I do. No, I don't actually, I don't moan. Be happy. Be positive, be healthy, and I shall see you next Wednesday for the midweek message. Take care. Bye-bye for now.